for joining us for another episode of Poopology. Um, I'm here today with my co-host, Claire. Hello. My producer, Uzma. Hello. And my two special guests. So, uh, gents, please introduce yourselves. After you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fight over it now. <laughs> um, I'm Peter, and I'm a photographer here in London, event photographer. Okay. Uh, I'm Jamie, and I try to not say this in a pretentious way. But it's really hard to describe it, but I'm sort of more of a multidisciplinary creative. But okay. I sort of focus on photography. <laughs> it's really hard not to I'm sound like a dickhead when you say But yeah, my like fields of focus are sort of in like graphics, fashion, music, um, photography, and like design as well so it covers a lot of ground so today we're basically going to talk a little bit about photography so um but before we do that we're going to start off with our poopy moments of the week which i can't wait for so uh who wants to go first Uzma, i think you need to go first oh, you no. never go first so uh go on what's your poopy moment okay well i'm not sure if this is my poopy moment but is it mine? <laughs> no. No, it's not yours. But um, a while back, me and my friend were just, you know, in the underground, getting on the escalator. And somehow, like, we were at the top going down. Somehow she buckled and fell. Oh, my God. And she fell only, like, two, three steps. Up or down? Down. But, like, not major, major. Like, two, three steps. And I lost it. Like, I went berserk started like laughing and crying at the same time but uncontrollably laughing and I can't even say are you alright she's like sat on the stairs and just laughing herself as well but I'm like so far beyond gone that I have full on tears streaming down my makeup's running my eyes are stinging and I still haven't turned around and asked her if she's okay so the guy behind me turned around to me and said excuse me you're being so rude to your friend <laughs> and he, <laughs> he went to my friend and was like are you okay and she's like yeah I'm fine he's like are you sure are you saying this because your friend's laughing I was like no I'm fine I felt so embarrassed but I still could not stop I think I laughed for like 10 minutes straight you got told off by a stranger I know I, I know it was so bad <laughs> But it was so funny. I you can't. are very oh, evil. I know. I'm evil. evil friend. He put you into the category of hashtag mean girls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was evil, but I was every evil, time, but it was worth it. Every time I think about it, I still want to laugh. Well, Osma yeah. has a thing yeah. about laughing after people who fall over. Actually. <laughs> Our cousin, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell <laughs> oh this. This is not my poopy moment, but I cannot hold it in Do after the fall over. Go on then. It's our cousin's poopy moment. So we went to the BBC One weekender, and we were running across from one tent to the other, trying to like see as many people as we can. And of course, there's people that are high. You know, it's a festival. And we had held hands and we were just, like, running for it. And all of a sudden, there's this big-ass, like, really big guy, like, rugby player, basketball player type guy. And he's in front of us, but I thought, he'll just move. Let's just keep running. He's facing me? Yeah. yeah. That did not happen. <laughs> he stopped. He started making this really scary noise, like, what, shouting, like... like <laughs> and you know that thing they do with their arms? Incredible Hulk style, yeah. And then the next thing I know, my cousin is up in the air and then back down on the floor. But it was, like, slow motion for me. He literally put, put his head through my cousin's legs 
and like flipped him. He actually did like a <laughs> three hundred and sixty yeah. degree loop in and the then air he stood and then in front fell of, in front of my like on top of my cousin, screamed at him, and then started running. Yeah, he and then I... apparently stood over him and went. And you guys can guess what I did. I just sat there she and just laughed. laughed. <laughs> <laughs> what can I do after that point? <laughs> I did I did exactly exactly like proper rugby tackle it was a bit scary and funny all at the same time and he was young he was like what 16 or something yeah yeah yeah. he was young he got like totally rugby tackled by some high like (laughs) incredible Hulk look alike (laughs) at a music festival yeah 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 I think you're I couldn't both, stand you're both evil. From laughing. I just like fell on the floor, cry laughing. You guys are so evil, honestly. But you know you have to be there, and trust me, you will laugh. Well, I laughed a lot at that story, but still, if it was me, I, I don't think I would have laughed though. You know what? If I was there, I would have just gotten really protective and probably gone and yanked that guy by his hood, like I I'm did. I'm not sure I could have done that. I'm like half his size. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He would have matter. flipped me. It doesn't. I think. You know, you get like some sort of weird muddly instinct kicks in when you're like trying to protect someone younger I than get you. A mean girl instinct. We would have taken photos. Yeah. You yeah. would have taken photos. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I would have loved that <laughs> photo. <laughs> Slow mo. <laughs> okay, so Claire, what's your poopy moment of the week? Oh, I have two, and I'm just deciding which one that I should tell. Ooh. One's about farts and one's about poo. What would you like? <laughs> Can you combine them? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Poo, poo's always good. good. So we'll go for the poo one then. So I have three children, small children, oh, all under I the know age this of eight. Story. <laughs> all under the oh. age of eight, and we have a trampoline. And they were. Um, oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> the two eldest were on the on the trampoline, bouncing around, having a great old time. And the youngest, who's three, he likes to get naked a lot, which is what three year olds do. And I'm sat in the lounge, and all of a sudden, I see this little body go running straight past me, naked, straight up onto the trampoline, and he's bouncing away on the trampoline with his brothers, having a great old time. And I was here doing a podcast recording, and I get a message from my husband coming through. And I literally burst out laughing, and it says, Campbell, who's the three-year-old, just taken a dump on the trampoline. Oh, no. So then Gerald then tells me all about it. So he sees this little three-year-old body go whizzing past. They're all on the trampoline bouncing. Campbell decides he's going to do a poop. Lucky it's a nugget. And it's just like rolling around <laughs> on the trampoline. His two older brothers are trying to get away from it. But as they move, the trampoline, you know, it moves. So this little nugget is rolling around the trampoline. And the brothers are screaming. And they're going, yeah, it's a poo. And Campbell's laughing. And he's jumping in. This poo's going all over the place my husband's trying to get the two eldest ones off the trampoline without anyone smudging it because that's going to be the worst Jamie's face is a I'm picture right words. now <laughs> he's never going to have children after this did, did the poo make it into the neighbour's yard or just no because when so Gerald took the youngest off the trampoline sent him to bed because that's a naughty thing to do poop on a trampoline came back downstairs the oldest two are in the lounge sitting down so he thought I'll go and clean it up goes down there and it's smudged Oh. So he's like, oh shit! And the thing is, you so, don't know whose foot it's on. No, either. <laughs> you're like, which one of you? So is now he goes back into the house and he goes to walk into the lounge, and there is a smudge oh, on the carpet. No. So he's like, oh, for God's sake! 
like? And I'm watching these messages come through. It's hilarious. I'm sitting here doing a podcast and boop, boop, boop. So he's like, he had a look on all of their feet and there was no smudge on the feet. So he just decided he was going to disinfect all six feet because he didn't know Where which, was, which yeah. one had stood in it. So that was a proper poopy moment. Wow. That's like like, yeah, that's like yeah. full on. That's gold. Yeah, that's, that's a nugget. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a gold nugget. nugget. <laughs> that's one for the um, 21st. Wow, that's really good. It's disgusting. <laughs> oh, I'm so nice. glad I wasn't there. Like, I'm literally so happy I wasn't there. Choices, choices. Now, do I talk about you know, fashion and whatever in the in the light <clears throat> of this photography kind of... Uh, you know, <coughs> session that we've got going on here. Do I talk about poo? I obviously have a lot of poo stories. I obviously. Well, because everyone does. When you get to forty, trust me, you know oh <laughs> you get through quite a lot of them. <laughs> Why are you two laughing so much? Because <laughs> we're also in our forties. <laughs> Peter, you've gone a bit red there. <laughs> I think he's reevaluating his poopy story. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm gonna, now I'm he's gonna... realised the tone. <laughs> I know it fits quite well. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm going to need some time to think about it, so I'm going to let Peter go next. Oh, well, I, it's good that you, you picked your topic. Okay. And I think I probably said earlier, I've had memory blocks over the years where anything like this happens, you sort of lock it away. But uh, my story I'll, I'll go back to is when, back in the day, I used to work in a bank. And it was at the time when banking moved from you know, the high counters and the customers on the other side and they decided to open things up and, and put these nice desks down with they had a nice circular return at the end where you can sit beside the customer and get nice and personal and you know, have a chat and really soften the, the customer service. So I was with this customer and to picture him, they say people look like their dogs or look like their pets, right? So I imagined he had a bulldog. <laughs> Because that's the way he sort of sort of looked. And I had to get something for him. So I had to get up and go out the back. So I stood up and I turned. But I turned towards him. And as I turned towards him, so he's eye level with my waist. And as I turned, I coughed. But as I coughed, I oh, farted. Oh, <laughs> no, right in his face. farted in a customer's face. face. <laughs> yeah. And it's like... <laughs> And, and we're talking about literally inches away, and, and it's literally like, did he hear it or not? And then he he, he would have had a breeze in his hair. Oh, <laughs> he was that close. Yeah. So I went out the back and thought there was no way I can go out there. <laughs> it was a simple case of go out, get something, come come back. You know, yeah, twenty yeah. seconds. You just ran home. I just stood at that. I can't go out there. I was out there for five minutes. <laughs> just... and it's like. Found someone, can you go give that to someone else? I can't go out there. Did you tell them why or did you keep that to yourself? I just kept that to myself. <laughs> Actually, I was quite bad really. With I did quite well in banking. I don't know how because I... Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember that... I, you farted in some dude's face. Yeah. Well, someone else reminded me of something and that led on to another memory. And I had another customer whose name was, I'm going to get it wrong again, Swarbrick. And I said, yes, I'll do that for you, Mr. Small Prick. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think banking's yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I should never be customer-facing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Jamie, how about you? <laughs> Who have you farted on recently? Uh, nothing as graphic as that. <laughs> Come on, um, surely you've done a poo on a trampoline. <laughs> it's on the bucket list. <laughs> Come out of my place. <laughs> I think you've had enough, though. <laughs> 
Um, no, mine's more just like one of those things that comes with the job of being a photographer. Um, none of my kit is actually insured. And recently I, I was running from the film lab to another shoot and I left my camera bag unzipped and someone at Bethnal Green Station was trying to call me out and I turned around and I didn't realise, you know, when someone calls after you, you don't know, you, yeah. you just don't think it's you. And they're like, oh, so your lens is falling out your bag? So I, like, whipped my bag up, but the zipped bit that was, like, unzipped was the other side, so by, like, <gasps> whipping it up oh. rather than just stopping and, like, freezing... Yeah, and I just saw it bounce. It's like my most expensive lens just bounced along the platform. And she picked it up and gave it back. I was like, yeah, thanks. Um, just thinking in my head, like, I do, it's my fault, but just the fact that someone said it and I, like, whipped my bag up. Yeah. yeah. But it could have been worse. It could have gone on the tracks or something. But, um, yeah, I was on my way to a shoot, and that was the only lens that I was carrying. Oh, no. Is it totally stuffed? Um, I didn't know. I was trying to test it on the tube, but it was really hard to tell because it went back onto the body, but it was really stiff. Yeah. Like something wasn't right. I didn't want to make it worse. But I turned up to the shoot, and they hadn't given me a call sheet. They hadn't given me any information. turns out it's in a, a laser quest type thing mm. where they were doing a fashion shoot, but in like underground in this yeah. laser quest place. They hadn't booked any lights or anything, so they just fully expected me to know what was going on they hadn't sent a requirement or anything that's always helpful isn't it yeah Yeah. and so I'm doing the shoot in pitch black and the lens won't the autofocus won't work because it's completely yeah it's screwed so I'm having to use manual focus with a flash the lens is jamming it's not zooming the whole thing's fucked but I have to just tell them yeah it's fine yeah I'm getting the shots it's all good (laughs) just keep going and just be like it wouldn't fire it just wouldn't fire and then Sometimes I'd get it just right and it would fire, and I just have to keep pretending like I was framing up. <laughs> it was so bad. And, um, a lot of time in post production. Yeah. yeah. So and did you actually get? get we, I got the shots. Like, Fortunately, yeah. I did. They only had like two outfits they needed shooting. We got right. the shots, but um, took it to the repair shop, and it was over five hundred pounds to fix it. Oh my god! How yeah. much was a new one? That lens actually is only worth like six fifty. You might as well just bought a new one. I just felt like it's a waste to do that. I might as well just... I feel bad about, like, throwing away kit or, like, something, you know? And also I just needed it there and then. I just went for it. Got it back. Went on another shoot. And there was a new problem. (laughs) There was a new problem with the lens. Had to take it back again. So I was booking lenses for shoots left, right, and centre because that one lens is, like, my go-to for digital. Yeah, as we were a nightmare. But that's oh, just you have to have it fixed twice. Yeah. So in total, it actually cost you more than a new lens, probably. Yeah. You could have bought two. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite, but yeah, it was bad. Oh my god. That was a stupid terrible. mistake. Do you have insurance now? No, still don't. <laughs> <laughs> I like so risks. Bits of poopy moments. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, that is really... I'm paranoid about zips now. <laughs> yeah. I can't be doing that again. Do you like double, triple check? Yeah, everything. <laughs> Lock yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah. That is, it is quite bad when something like that happens. Mm. I've luckily never dropped like a laptop or a phone, uh, but I do constantly have nightmare dreams about it. You know when you just yeah. like dream that something like that's going to happen and something you spent like two, three grand purchasing is just going to... Shatter into a million pieces. That's quite. Yeah. I've nearly purposely let go of my cameras recently because normally I've got a harness and yeah. put them like, uh, into a harness, right, yeah. 
and I didn't at the oh time. Oh my God, you forgot. <laughs> I was about to let go. Oh oh, no, God. it's not. It was just that weight difference reminded me, actually, no, it's lock, not locked into the harness. Yeah. Otherwise, I was just going to do a microphone drop with my camera. Oh, basically. my God. Yeah. That makes me feel... Yeah, it's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me feel upset as well. <laughs> okay, I'm going to bring the tone back down to the shit level. <laughs> I do, have a, I do have another fat sort of related job. <laughs> I, I did have a very nice uh, sort of, you know, uh, a fashion story from a million years ago in New York, but I think I'm going to leave that one for another. It's a bit too sophisticated for this crowd. Okay. So <laughs> I think I've got to bring it back down to the poo. So last year it was my Why are you myself. looking at me? I'm scared. Because you were with me. You were with me. It was my, myself, my mum and... Uh, was Mars fiance Janaid. We all went to Turkey for one of my cousin's weddings. And the second day we were there, I don't know what happened. I got struck by like the worst um, food poisoning, like or something like that, some sort of stomach bug. Um, and obviously spent the next couple of days, you know, puking and shitting my guts out. <laughs> Um, and the doctor gave me these pills. So when you take them, um, you know, it basically stops everything coming from any any orifice, um, which is great. So I didn't take it for most of the trip because I thought, you know, it's better to get the poison out, as they say. But on our day of travel back to London, on our day of travel back to London, I overdosed on this stuff in the morning because I was like, I cannot get on a plane like this and actually physically make it home unless I take these drugs. So we took all these drugs and Osmar and Janaid were accompanying me back to London. Um, and all through our, our trip at the airport in Turkey and stuff, they were like, are you okay? I'm like, my God, I'm, I'm actually okay. Like, I think I might be healed. We got on the plane, all through the plane journey, absolutely nothing. And then I obviously thought, I'm healed, so I can eat some random shit now. Like, because I haven't been able to eat anything, you know, up until that point. So we order all these chocolates and crisps and all kinds of crazy things on the aeroplane. Uh, menu, eat all this junk food together, and the plane lands, we get up, and as we're walking down the aisle to get out, I thought, oh, I can feel something. <laughs> you know, when you're suddenly like... There's a rumble in the jungle. I am you not moved. healed. Yeah, why did I move? I was perfectly fine in that sitting position. And um, I don't, where were we? Luton? No, Stansted. So we got on that, you know, there's that little train yeah. thing that takes you from like one area of the airport to another area in the terminal and just before we got on the train thing because I could feel my stomach getting worse and worse I was looking around for a toilet I couldn't see a toilet sign so I said to these two like I really desperately need the loo and they're both looking at me like oh no you don't do you <laughs> knowing that obviously I was very ill but um, Janae's like, oh, it's okay, this train is like literally less than a minute long. You know, when you, we get to the other side, you'll use the toilet. So we get on this thing, and for some reason, halfway, it just stopped. Oh, of course. <laughs> it stopped. I started breaking out into a sweat, yeah, like yeah. profusely. Like, yeah, you know when you, you literally have like sweat running from your forehead and these two are looking at me and they're going, it's okay. And I'm like, don't speak to me. I need to concentrate. I cannot speak to anyone right now. <laughs> I'm just like holding on and trying not to look anywhere. And every now and then I'd go, why isn't this fucking train leaving? <laughs> 
I could just feel my entire body moving downwards, you know, all my internal <laughs> organs. And um, this train eventually got to where it needed to get to. We got out, I ran into the first toilet, and uh, I left them behind. Like, I didn't even bother. I was just, like, running, basically, for it. And I could hear it was Ma's little voice, like, outside the toilet. Are you all right? What should we do? I said, you guys go through. I'll be here for a while. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I managed to get home without shitting myself. I have to be quite, yeah. yeah it was, it was really bad. <laughs> no, no, this wasn't... No, no nappy was going to hold me. <laughs> Basically, you just need not. to tie your cuffs of your, cuffs of your, <laughs> yeah. your jeans together yeah. just to hold it all in. We actually took a train home rather than the bus because we thought, you know, the train has toilets. Yeah, so we were like, at worst. Well, at least you can get off at the station and platform. But the train actually is... <laughs> On the platform. I've got a platform. In a dustbin. Sorry! Apologies, everyone. Don't look! No, it was definitely the worst thing ever, though. Like, I don't know how it all changed, you know, in five minutes. From me thinking, I'm cured, there's nothing wrong with me, to... Oh my god, I'm gonna shit myself <laughs> in front of an entire plane load of people from Turkey. <laughs> on a on a little train trapped. <laughs> well, everyone's trapped. It was like a horror film. It, it was like a horror film. Osma and Janae are slowly stepping back. <laughs> I don't know an adult that just pooped. I don't know who that is. No, they genuinely had looks of concern on their face. Because they didn't want to get sprayed with it. How can we distract you? But then you were like don't talk to me so we're like okay just stare at her and see if she's gonna like shit her pants <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you weren't trying to trigger it or something <laughs> so you could sit there and laugh well I'm not sure in that situation I would there would be a smell that I'd be running away from oh it's because of the smell otherwise you'd be that evil basically yeah probably <laughs> but the champ evil. going through the train <laughs> Make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really gross. Yeah, it's it even worse than poo on a trampoline. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have made it on a trampoline. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have made it on the trampoline. Oh, horrible images in my head. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Pretty, it was really bad. So obviously, on this episode, the poopy moment has turned into a literal poopy moment. Two, two actual poopy moments. Mm. Well, mm. and a and a forty. <laughs> <laughs> so it's scarce. There was no follow through. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a general ass area conversation. Ass <laughs> area. We'll take the time. That's right. Okay, so let's get back on track. We can talk a little bit about some serious stuff now. Now that the poo is out of the way, I know you don't like that, Claire. But you know, we need. It's got to be done. It's got to be done. So one of the things that I guess urged this. Um, this particular episode was, um, I mean, Uzmar and I, we're quite creative, <coughs> even though we have a construction company, uh, we do deal with a lot of design and looking at new products and, you know, finishes and stuff like that. And um, I guess she studied architecture, which is very creative, as did Jamie. Um, and, uh, and we just wanted to kind of go into the area of um, arts and photography was one of the things that came up. Last year, actually, at London Design Week, we went to a talk by Rankin. 
which was amazing. And um, it was quite a small, intimate event, which was great. And he was talking about disruption and running campaigns and looking at marketing campaigns, um, but running them in a way where they're not too commercialised. <laughs> Um, even though he's obviously a ginormous name and works for massive, massive companies, he was talking about how even within that arena, you know, you could be creative in a slightly different way. And then he actually started talking a lot about selfies and how, you know, selfies were kind of like the death of photography almost <laughs> because everyone was just kind of self-portraying something you know, by posing on all these selfies. And as he was doing that, I leant over at Asmara and I said, I really wanted a selfie with him after this event. I don't know what to do now. And then he started talking about people taking photos of people at events and stuff. And I was taking photos of it. I said to him, everyone in this event is literally going to like, you know, come after me with a stick, basically, to beat me at the end of this, you uncreative human. So I couldn't take my selfie with him in the end, even though I did take a little sneaky selfie of myself with the, you know, the ranking sign at the back. Um, but I thought that it was interesting, his take on the whole selfie thing. So do you guys have any sort of thought? What do you think about the selfie phenomenon? Because it's a pretty new mm. kind of thing, right? Because it only really started happening since people have had the smartphone technology and that's not actually that old. Um, I guess it's quite interesting because the origins of the selfie, it's, it was like pre-digital. You've got people like <coughs> Charlie and Vivian Mayer and people like that who mm. would... Um, do a lot of selfie imagery but now it's sort of something that's more meaningless and it's far too easily accessible. I guess people thought of that more as portrait, like self-portraits didn't they, rather than selfies. Well I think that the the use of mobile technology on your phone has enabled it in a different way because we've always did a selfie before with a digital pocket camera holding it out in your arm so you still did it or you got someone else to take something, a photo of you or you took a shot of yourself reflected Mm. which Vivian Mir would do. Yeah. But I think what it's led to, without wanting to get, go ranting, is that people get lost. They don't live the moment. Right. Because they take a shot of themselves or an area. And like you said, in museums, for example, I was talking about it with some fr- friends the other night. You go to an art exhibition and people will go around and just take a shot of the painting or the piece of art and move on to the next one and keep taking shots on their, on their phone. Not very good shots either because they're just continually moving. But they're not actually observing the art the itself, art itself yeah. and seeing it in real life in 3D with their eyes, but they're busy taking these photos, which you'll probably never look at again, or very often, and get lost, and they they miss the real moment, the the real life. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I've been on holiday with some friends and stuff like that recently, and Mm. I... Uh, not on holiday, just in case you're wondering, but we went to a lot of galleries and lots of... Uh, well, that definitely wasn't sort of, <laughs> That's actually smart. Loads of pretty, pretty places. And, um, and I remember thinking one of our friends in particular was kind of like photo-obsessed with everything we saw. And I thought, just put the damn camera down mm. and, you know, actually look around because you're spending too much time, you know, looking through <clears> the lens rather than looking mm. at know what's right in front of you basically so I'd agree with that I think lots of people do that now yeah. especially at concerts as well no, I don't, I don't I understand the point of that no, I, used, I used to do it why do that that one gets me I, it's really irritating yeah I get it if it's like someone you've always wanted to see and maybe we have the luxury of potentially shooting the concert yeah. so we actually don't need to, to do that with someone else I'm like, I've never seen this band I need to get at yeah. least something to remember by mm. 
but it, it can be just a bit much. Because you never really go back and look. I mean, I used to, but I made a conscious effort to stop because I never really go back to it. And actually, what I was shooting it on was never a good quality anyway. And you spend more time trying to get a club than mm. actually... Mm-hmm. And you so say you missed that moment, like I said before, you missed the moment and you actually missed the music. So mm-hmm. and it's why I quite like artists like um, Jack White saying, no, yeah. mm-hmm. turn your cameras off. And it's one of his gigs. And um, he had security going through the crowd, <laughs> right, yeah. taking cameras, uh, you know, phones off people. Yeah. And his latest tour is you have to put your camera, your phone, in a locker. Yeah. So you can't access it and use it through the concert because he wants you to focus yeah. yeah, on the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty extreme to have to go to those levels to get people to try and concentrate. Mm. But then sometimes you've got to shock people because we get so, we are all so yeah. attached to our devices. I am. I mean, it's I just find it irritating at concerts, even if you're watching them on the television where people are yeah. yeah. their phones yeah. out. I'm just, but doing? it's interesting what you said about no one goes back and really looks at them because I remember uh, obviously photos before the digital camera age so when we actually had printed you know photos and we'd have all these albums Mm. and I remember taking loads of photos on holiday or with my friends or you know at people's birthdays or whatever and every time we did that we would like um, actually put it in an album somewhere you know it would be in an album and it would be put away but then every year you know when your friends came over or it was something at some special occasion you would take it out and actually spend some time looking through them and Mm. laughing at them and talking about them and stuff now I mean, I have probably taken more photos in the last 10 years than I had ever previously, you know, the previous 10 years, because the digital age, you can, you know, and it's on your phone now, so you can take a photo of anything at any point in time. Yeah. Um, but actually going back and looking at them, I don't think I do that half as much, because doing that on a computer seems to have lost, you know, or on a phone, loses a bit of that... You know, taking the album out and looking at printed, you know, images. It's the nostalgia, isn't it? Well, yeah. It also it loses, it, loses, it loses its value because you're yeah. taking so many because they become disposable. Mm. Yeah. Many I, to you. I remember going out when I lived in Sydney in my early 20s and it was, we, did, we had mobile phones, but they didn't have cameras on them, so we used to take a little cheap disposable camera out with us and we'd take loads of photos and we're out. I remember the most exciting thing was not knowing what those photographs yeah. looked like and yeah. having to go to the, yeah, oh God, I the, remember the shop that. the yeah. next day and yeah. wait for them and get them printed and have a look at them go, and half of them were rubbish. Yeah. And but it's then, the gems. Yeah, there'd, yeah, there'd be about yeah. you know four or five in there that were pretty good. But, but that would, would, was... would make them fun too. And, mm. and, you know, funny, some of them would come out funny because you think you're mm. all pretty and whatever, but actually, yeah. you know, and you're like, wow, that is yeah, totally exactly, good <laughs> exactly. But the anticipation of what's on that roll mm. of film. Yeah, mm. yeah. And regardless of whether it's worked or not, what, what did I capture? Yeah. So, Tay, how do you feel about this? I did that, put my holiday in that I had a girls' holiday with, Went to the store to pick them up. I gave the guy the, counter, the ticket. The guy behind the counter went, oh, looks like you had a really nice holiday. And he handed me my photos. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know you have to look was at them. Was there not some sort of horror movie? Yeah, like, one hour photo. Yeah, like there Robert was Williams, some, yeah. yeah. Oh. I was thinking, I know you have to look at them. That's not... But that's mm. really creepy, dude. So I never went back to that store. Yeah. I mean, this is like a hundred years yeah. ago, but... Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a bit creepy, weird. right? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a coffee for you. I'll just keep a coffee for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they ever kind of did that. Because they technically could make yeah. more than one yeah. coffee, oh, yeah. right? Oh, they've yeah. got full access of that. Oh yeah. my god, do you think they could do whatever they did want? Did that though? Do you think they like made copies for themselves yeah, of things they yeah. like? There would have been, there'd be one. What about? Would, yeah. So what about, you know, That's being really a... creepy, though, is, is it not? Some stranger well, might have some, like... I mean, if you're taking sensitive photos, you should probably develop them in your bathroom and avoid that. <laughs> well, now yeah. that's going to be my next question. Mm. Like some people like to do that. God, they, like to take photos personal... <laughs> <laughs> they like to take personal photographs. Yeah, I would that not be handing poor, in news to the lab. That guy at the Kodak Development Store, <laughs> <laughs> who Weird photos that people are taking. Would he be scarred for life? Well, I don't. Be desensitised after yeah. a while, I think. I don't yeah. think I feel sorry for the guy. I feel sorry for the people in terms of you know the, the fact that some guy has access to keep like copies of your photos. That's just freaky, mm-hmm. you know. Because anyone could have really done that. And then what happens if you become Madonna or something True, in ten years' time? Them. You know, like what? What then? Like, oh my god. So I suppose there's downsides and upsides to that. So the the downside was back then, the guy could keep a copy of the photo, but we also had no social media, yeah. so then yeah. nothing went on social. Yeah. But these days, all your embarrassing photos get can go straight onto social. Yeah, yeah. I think people put their own embarrassing photos on social, though, which is even more bizarre. You know, there are rarely occasions when someone else has <coughs> sort of taken a terrible photo of you and decides to put it up. Um, it's normally I see people putting up stuff of themselves and I think ha ha this is funny but what are you going to do in 10 years time yeah. mm-hmm. like you forget that you're going to grow up at some stage and you know get older and this photo might not be so great for you when you're older so I don't know because mm. it's like a bit of history that will stay online right forever mm. Mm. once it's out there digital trace mm. Frightening. <laughs> Getting a little, a little bit freaked out now. So tell us a little bit more, Jamie, about the type of people that you've worked with. Sure. Um, so a lot of my work is actually primarily on film, so I'm more of an analogue photographer. Um, and I do a variety of things from like fashion and music, mostly. Mm-hmm. So work with Adidas on a couple of briefs. Lovely. So we, with them we get very sort of like short turnaround times. So it's like a week, and you've got to produce a project and the budget's good but what are you going to do with it with like five days or something so we last time we had like eight different cameras we were using um all film and just went for it because they're paying so we thought why yeah. not and just milk the budget and yeah. um see what happens yeah, yeah and that's always exciting just um before obviously all my projects were self-initiated yeah. so i would have to cover all my costs and it's nice when someone trusts you and then you can experiment with formats that you've not tried before. So yeah. I tend to find with digital, I, I, I don't find the same satisfaction or motivation to pursue the work. But now um, I do a lot of stuff like festival work or gigs where I'm chasing intimate moments with the artist. So yeah. it's all about trying to get backstage and get one-on-one with someone and get that, that one shot and you don't know if you're going to get it or if it's going to come out. But when you go to the lab and pick up your scans and... Mm. You've got that moment You've in still time. You've got that excitement yeah. that we yeah. had. Yeah, I always get that buzz. And then working for big brands like Adidas, do you find that you can be as creative, or mm. do they kind of not force, but you know, do they have a lot of guidelines or a lot of things you have to follow? I've been quite fortunate with them because I met um, the guy who's the senior digital manager at Adidas London, 
uh, at a networking event and he just picked up on my work and thought it would suit the brief that he had in mind and he was trying to bring about this like open brief so they provide a shoe or a product <coughs> and then just say take it and make yeah. something you know, this is what we need like a 60 second video or three social media posts or a story and then see where it takes you they and kind of let you do yeah be creative and if they own. don't like it they just won't post it so yeah because I wondered this and when we were at the ranking event I was also thinking about this because I thought okay he gets away with a lot of these crazy kind of shoots and you know things that the positions that he mm. you know f- photographs these extremely famous people in because he is such a famous name himself but I thought if I took a picture of someone you know I don't know with horns on their head and you know, you know not looking the way that they would possibly be excited about portraying themselves in unless I was a very very famous photographer would I be given the same amount of sort of creative freedom you know to to do that with him because some of the stuff that he's you know he's done is very risque but I don't know if people are kind of allowing that to happen because you're getting a photo taken by Rankin yeah definitely yeah because it comes down to a trust because they trust that person and because of who he is and his brand Mm. that they want to be associated with yeah I mean you've worked with royalty right so is it the same sort of were you kind of allowed to be creative too or or is it I mean they must have an extremely well sort of organized you know uh, media persona or external persona yeah Mm. (laughs) so yeah um, so as I said before I predominantly do event photography yeah but also with VIPs is really my speciality so I've done royalty done prime ministers yeah. And, and lords and so forth. Um, Including our current Prime Minister. Yes, right? I've photographed mm-hmm. Boris on a mm-hmm. number of occasions. Before yeah. his Prime Minister, I thought it'd be my third Prime Minister, fifth Prime Minister, if you like. Yeah, so there are strict guidelines. Yeah. And allowances of what you can and can't do and how you can present them. I mean, I've had one Australian um, uh, MP where I was not allowed to photograph front on. Oh. It was always only allowed from the side. And the only reason I could maybe assume it was because they had a problem with his ears oh, sticking out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We turned into a meme yeah. recently. So. so you thought the royalty that you've got to be... Actually, I don't treat them any different to, differently than anyone else because yeah. you want everyone to look their best. Yeah. And you might capture unflattering photographs. Yeah. But you don't use those because it's yeah. not good for my reputation. It's not no, good for them. So some people can be very challenging. Like mm. I did an event with Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand Prime Minister. So I wasn't allowed to photograph her during the formal her formal speech. But when she went to questions from the floor, then I was allowed to photograph her. Um, Is it because maybe she didn't want the flash in her eyes or something? Well, whether I was going to be a distraction yeah. or not. But then again, the way I work is that you don't notice that I'm there and try to be as unobtrusive as possible but yeah for whatever reason that's that's the that's the rules of engagement so that's fine you work within that yeah I mean I get that because I used to be in politics and even if people don't have flashes in their cameras the noise you know you can hear the shutter so when I used to give speeches just even hearing that would immediately make me really nervous because I'd be very much aware of the fact that someone's staring at me through a lens you know close up basically in the middle of you know whilst trying to think of what I'm saying and making sure that I'm making sense and all that sort of stuff so I can imagine for a lot of people that would be 
you know, a little bit, uh, perhaps a, a bit of an issue if they're yeah. feeling nervous, it gets you a bit nervous, all that mm. noise. So um, I used to do a couple of, um, well, I did quite a lot of campaigning stuff with Tony Blair during his campaign, and people will follow, like loads of people would follow him around everywhere. So whenever you had an, any kind of conversation with him, there'd be camera shutters, flashes, you know, gigantic film cameras, big furry thing, you know, microphones on top of your head. You literally could not go anywhere without some of these things being around and mm. constantly on edge, basically, because, you know, you're being filmed, recorded, everything all the time. So I can see how perhaps, you know, that's why she might have wanted, you know, no photographs during her speech so she doesn't lose her... Sort of yeah, well, sense totally. of what she's talking about. <laughs> yeah. I think um, certainly something I'm always conscious of. I don't want to be a distraction to, say, her, but also I don't want to be a distraction to the audience Other as well. Other people, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I totally understand, and that's fine. You work with them there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. So I was looking up a few things and was looking to see how many photos have actually been taken ever, like ever, ever. And there are a few statistics out there. And they're saying since the oldest photograph with a person in it from 1838 by Duke Lewis, which is on in Paris somewhere, they estimate 3.5 trillion photographs have been taken Gosh. since then. Yeah. And they've got some weird little calculation here. It's based off a 2014 stat, which is it's like 1.8 billion images daily. 657 billion photographs per year so every two minutes for 150 years a photograph has been taken I wonder how that <coughs> stat is split actually in yeah. terms of like pre-digital, post-digital you know, uh, post uh, smartphone, I wonder how it's split, I suspect yeah. like more than 70% of it is probably post-smartphone mm. and everything else is be- before that Probably. So then there was another one which made me smile, and that was more photographs have been taken every two minutes, I think, over the last few years than ever throughout the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? I mean, everyone's a photographer now, so... Well, no, everyone can take a photograph. Yeah, that's obviously a loosely term. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, everyone can take their own photo, you know. Or everyone thinks they're really good at it as well, but you can always tell, you know, a professional... Photographer's photograph from oh for sure <laughs> just some random person who thinks they've got a good shot. So I mean my cameras, my phone on my camera's not that bad. It does okay. Photos. Actually, earlier on I was looking up annoying questions for photographers or annoying statements, <laughs> oh, and that was one of them. <laughs> Apparently, photographers hate people saying my phone takes just as good a photo. No, it doesn't. But it's, it's not, not that bad. But it does bad. though. It's not that bad. It's not even going to take a beautiful photograph. Of it. <laughs> oh, Jamie's got do. funny eyes there. <laughs> But I use them for home snaps. I don't use them. No, I, I love using I use my phone a lot. Like, I've actually used it for work. I've submitted for jobs. I've used my... I've got an XR, and the camera is astonishing for, like, backup yeah. material. Um, but for me, like, using a vintage lens, the glass on that obviously is incomparable with something that's the size of a five-pence piece. Mm. So I, I fully back digital and using phones, and um, phone photography is, like, a whole new format. So is there a favourite sort of lens or a piece of equipment or something that you just absolutely have to take wherever you go with you? Well, I've got my standard cat and I've got, my, I suppose, my favourite lens within that. Um, for when I'm working, yeah. Um, 
I know. I think I've moved on to. I've got to have this brand, that lens. It's a, for me now. It's a tool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't go to a carpenter's, but you know, building and said, "Oh, so what hammer did you use?" Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's like a limb. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tool. It's a, yeah. It's a Can't survive without it. Yeah. Literally. Body. So the question is actually, what tools do you have to deliver the look and feel that you want? Yeah. 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 But I do have a like a. A lot of feelings for my cameras. Oh, so do I. I mean, because I, 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 I shoot with two cameras yeah. Yeah. because I need that redundancy. Different lenses. And, and with different, different yeah. focal lengths on one. Yeah. yeah. I, always to, I always wanted to be a cowboy. Um, and it's handy too because, you know, I, ha- I was in the middle of one event during the crucial part and one camera failed. It took 40 mm. minutes to write oh, to the file. Yeah. And, like, and you're in a paid gig. Yeah. You know, if I didn't have that spare camera, no money I'd say, I'm you. sorry, yeah. you know. Um, but yes, I do favour one camera over the other, yeah. and that's a combination of the body and the lens. Okay. Um, and sometimes, actually, that becomes a problem because I know some shots actually uh, they yeah. should be using the other mm. other one. Yeah. Um, and I went through phases. I used to love shooting in a personal sense with a plastic toy camera, a yeah. Holger, on film because I loved that look and feel that it produced. Yeah. Um, I've got loads of film cameras, so they're like my babies. <laughs> um, do, do you name your cameras? I don't name them. I used no. to, do you? Y- yeah. What do you got? Oh, I've got a lot of cameras. Team? Who's on your team? I got Big Mama. Big Mama. It's <laughs> <laughs> a Mamiya. I got Hollies and Holgers, um, Hollies and Holgers, and uh, Nickies and Maggies, and I just yeah. <laughs> used to used to try and relate it to the brand of the camera, but yeah. <laughs> so, so, so my wife would say, "So, what camera are you taking today?" They so, sound like uh, let's not analyse that. <laughs> I haven't noticed. <laughs> Next week I'm shooting with Big Jim. Okay. <laughs> Who used to be Big Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I swapped it. The- world. <laughs> right. We've got interchangeable lenses. <laughs> so no names for you? No, I mean, I try not... I am very attached to them. I mean, so when my granddad passed, I actually... He gave me all of his um, film cameras, so I had a, a collection to begin with. So those ones for me, I could never sell or trade. So those are like my most precious. But then I buy loads of stuff on eBay and just. I recently traded my favourite medium format camera, which was a Mamiya RB67, yeah. and it just wasn't practical. It's like a seven with the prism finder on. It's a seven kilo camera, and I'm shooting. Seven yeah. Kilos. yeah. And um, you rotate the back to shoot portrait landscape, but it doesn't have a hot shoe for flash, and it's just not very flexible. And I'm shooting in the pit or backstage, trying to carry this massive Heavy, camera. Yeah. It's not and it's not—it's a studio camera, really. It's yeah. not meant for that. It's just that I was abusing it for whatever I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> because it was your favourite, so you're trying to fit it yeah. in. Yeah, and was money is. My you know, <laughs> it costs thousands to get something compact. Yeah, sponsor me. Um, but I switched that. I traded with someone, and now I have a six four five, which is my new baby. It's like Does half Kodak away. still exist? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's just production. Yeah, it's like Fuji have stopped producing instant film and stuff. So it's Polaroid has been. Um, they bought or partnered with Impossible Projects. Yeah. So now they still they they went back to the original factory after it shut down, and they tried to revitalize all the machines and. Mm. They had to make a new chemical to do instant film. That's why there's a big resurgence. Oh, 
because oh, they've okay. kind of made it more accessible again. I've got one of the original Polaroid cameras still at home, but I can't find a film that go that what works camera, with what it. What model is it? Uh, I can't remember. I've got. Um, I got given one from one of my friends. That's really big, really heavy. So yeah, mine's really big and heavy. Yeah, mine does. Yeah. I think 600. mine's just up constantly. Is there one that's up constantly? <laughs> Might be a, yeah, I think like a learned yeah. camera. Yeah. yeah, and I don't, I don't know where to even get film for that. It's just, just in um, my room. I think you can. On Amazon, you can get it. <coughs> or go it's really easy to now. Silver Print. Yes. Oh, yeah. we're going to write oh, that down. Yeah. Silver Print. It's quite right. expensive. Yeah. Oh, really? So I used to collect old box brownies when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I always thought they were pretty cool. I've got an old 1920s or 1930s yeah. codec yeah. with the bellows on it. And yeah. yeah. Is that a large format? No, it's just no. I can't, I've only shot with it once because my sister-in-law gave it to me. Yeah. Um, actually, I need to get it out again and yeah, put another roll through it. So there's meeting for me, film that goes through it. But, right. Yeah. And who would you say your influences <clears throat> were? One of my favourite photographers is Elliot Herbert. Because mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I, I do sh- did used to sh- shoot a lot of street. Yeah. And that's been my influence, and he's been one of those influences because. Um, his ability to capture the moment, but also the humour yeah. in his photography. You actually have something called Urban Zoo yeah. on your website, which I thought was really good. I looked through the Urban Zoo photos and I really like them, <coughs> which is kind of street foot. And you do have On on the Street as well, which was yeah. my other favourite. I like that one. How long did it take you? How long were you waiting to get the capture in box? Or was it just happened? It just happened. You know, it's just <laughs> serendipity. And because looking, actually, I went back because I've got another shot of that same cat looking out the the door of the flat, but written above, handwritten above the door in large lettering is the word milk. <laughs> and so I've got yeah. a shot of a cat half out the door looking up yeah. at the sign. Oh, cool. That's perfect. Yeah. And I love that. And then I happened to go back and got the cat looking through the letter box in the letter box was you know ground level so you can just see its eyes looking yeah, it's through. really cute yeah. yeah and that's what I love about I'll capture those fleeting moments um, that you blink and they've gone so we were we were talking a while back Peter about taking photographs in the street yeah and the rules and regulations and laws and guidelines about who owns that and taking and photos of strangers yeah you see there's a couple of people that have got a bit it's only really happened once. One instance was it was potential crime being committed. Possibly, <laughs> oh, <laughs> possibly, I think okay. so. Yeah, that was that was an aggressive moment. Um, but the only real sense in terms of from a street photography perspective, um, I was from the old street area, and I saw a couple walking down the street, and I, I thought they were quite interesting. I'll take it and see what it's like later. So I, I snapped it, but and then I carried on walking and just seeing what unfolded in the area and then all of a sudden this family approached me and surrounded me and said and the father said you took photos of my daughter without the permission you took them you must delete you know, and they're a little bit aggressive and thought, no when so I went back through the benefit of having digital mm. <laughs> for a change um, see what what photos I took and they were actually in the background of this couple that I photographed um, and I stood firm in terms of, well, no, actually, my rights are, I'm in a public space on a public road, I can photograph whoever I want, I don't need anyone's permission. Um, that obviously didn't soothe. Yeah, not well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And eventually I, I just said, okay, I'll, I'll delete, and I deleted. But what they don't know is I have two memory cards in my phone. Oh, you double backed up. <laughs> Smart. Um, and so I deleted. And then, actually, by the time I got back home and reviewed on, on, on the Mac, it was a rubbish photo anyway. So, yeah. Um, it didn't make any difference. Yeah. But that's, that's been the only challenge. In a working sense, in a, an event, I've been challenged in terms of yeah. taking photos. Generally, we always get these... Um, people's permission before the event. It's going to be a photographer, etc. Um, actually, this woman has approached me twice in a space of same event, but last year and this year. And sort of last year, she, she came up to me and says, oh, you've been taking my photo all night. Um, what have you got? And that sort of stuff. And Had you? No. Yeah, I've been photographing around here, and I actually it never <laughs> captured a photo of her. I've been trying, but I didn't. And um, you know, she came through the crowd. And then again this year... She approached, she's saying, oh, you took a terrible photo of me, blah, blah, blah. Show me, show me. Did she remember you? No. No. She's that type of person. I won't remember you. Because sometimes at the, those events, <clears throat> you're the photographer, you know. You're the staff of the event. Mm. You're, you're on the low run. Yeah, I don't like events. Um, I, um, but that's not all, because that, that's not always the norm. Um, Surely you go to a reasonably high-profile event, right? You, go, yeah. you, go, you know that you there's... You expect there to be a photographer. There's going to be a photographer. Oh, exactly, but I think it was just her, and she just had that air about her. It was just her. Uh, and she's been the only person that's given me... Um, generally, when people say, oh, I don't want my photo taken, they tell you, and that's fine, you step back. It was just the way she approached it, in a sort of entitled way. Yeah, I'm scared to take photos of other people. So on holiday, you know, I always see people in interesting places doing interesting things. And I guess it's interesting because, you know, that's not a country I come from and they're doing something I've never seen anyone do before or something. And I always think, oh, I really want to take a picture of this person. You know, they look really cool or they're wearing some traditional things or they've got tattoos on their face or, you know, something. And you're like... God, this is amazing. And then I get really scared because I think if I do that, will they feel like, mm. you know, like it's a, like a zoo? You know, you're like taking photos of mm. like a tourist of something, and they're just thinking, I'm just like in my normal everyday clothes with my normal everyday face tattoo, which is like no big deal here. <laughs> you know, I don't know, scratching my head uh, or something very mundane. And there's this like weird uh, tourist foreign human thinking that this is like Remember something when, to take so a photo of. So Eve and I recently, and Osma and another friend recently went to Ibiza mm. for a holiday and during the day we were walking through the old town Yeah, and we sort of went up onto the, the mm. hill a little bit. There was all these beautiful little streets and sort of old really cool houses and there was this lady yeah. leaning out of her kitchen window, yeah. lounge window. She looked a little withered yeah. and she had a cigarette in her hand and she was leaning out she looked really cool and the whole... It was a perfect photo. I was like, oh, I want to take a photo of her but I think if I do she might stab me. So <laughs> yeah. I didn't but even I just sort of looked up at her and I was like, oh, that would have made yeah. a really, really cool photograph. So I always get a lot of moments like that. Like last year or the year before I went to India and, you know, we went up the um, the backwaters and you have all these little houses that people live in and they wash their clothes and, you know, mm. do really interesting things on the river. It's just a part of their life. Yeah. Uh, and it's really amazing to see and some of it is, like, perfect for uh, taking photos of but I got like I said a little bit nervous not just in terms of people wanting to stab me but just people (laughs) thinking you know like who are these crazy people and 
Do you get this, Peter, when you're Does doing that street? kind of happen to you? Not on the street, but on travel. I'm a bit like, I'm quite sensitive of they're living their life. Yeah. And they're not a museum exhibit or they're not in the zoo. Yeah. Um, I haven't cracked that one for myself yet. I think that if you shoot film, that gives you a bit of a luxury. Like a, it's a way in, because I was in Morocco recently and it's quite, you can't really photograph women. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit more sensitive but there were so many men who didn't speak a word of English who I just wanted pictures with and we, were, we had a little crew and I had my Mamiya and I just it's like a really clear you can explain what you're trying to achieve yeah. and no one's intimidated because it's not a big digital camera I mean it's a, a big yeah. piece of kit but it feels far more intimate and less like you're about to take a thousand photos that are going to go on the internet and yeah. that's yeah. what everyone's worried about um, so I feel like if, as long as you introduce yourself and Depends what type of shot you want to take because sometimes when you introduce yeah. a shot, the shots. That if you want a candid and you don't yeah. want someone to know. An observation but usually for me, I can't be pulling focus and framing that quickly on a Mamiya. Yeah. So I have to have the composition and have that moment and also want that look in their eye. Yeah. But yeah, I guess it depends what kind of photography you're after. I've, I have heard of other photographers who put their camera away yeah. and shoot with their phone. Yeah. Because it's less threatening. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want people looking at, you know, you want them to carry on, because that's what makes it look, like when you're looking at it, that's what you're sort of intrigued by. But, yeah, but I do, I always get that, so... See, when we went to India, it was, oh, I had a different experience. As soon as they saw we had a camera, they would literally line up and be like, take a picture of us, take a picture of us. And you kind of can't say no either, weirdly. Like, I have so many pictures of people in India that have actually But they're posing, posed. yeah. Yeah, but it yeah. was it was weird because I've never been approached before and they would come up and look at the picture if they don't like the picture they'd make you delete it and retake it. We would literally spend half our day being forced to take pictures of people unless we put our cameras yeah. away. Were they asking for a payment? They weren't. So I had that a bit in Sri Lanka. No, then... see we didn't get that. We yeah, we didn't get that. But um, sometimes they would say, I want the picture, and you're like, okay, but how am I going to give it to you? Yeah. And they don't have, like, email or anything, mm. so it's just like, I yeah. can't give this to you. I can delete it if you don't want me to have it, but I'm, there's yeah. no way I can give this no, to you. No, I mean, we didn't ha- I had a lot of people in India coming up to me to take a photo with me. That happened They wanted well. yeah. me yeah. to take uh, be with them in a photo. Don't know why. Like, that happened To them, well. it's, you they know. They had that in Sri Lanka as well. Um, but... I didn't have anyone asking me to take a photo of them. And any time I saw anything, like, really cool, um, I just felt really conscious. I didn't want anyone to feel uncomfortable. So, actually, I ended up not taking photos of a lot of people and things that I really wanted to take photos of. Maybe because we had, like, DSLRs and film There's one photo in Thailand that I took, and I was desperate to take similar kind of photos in Thailand, and we went to this market... (laughs) And I saw this woman sitting, she, she had a massive butcher's knife and, like, a butcher's block and a piece of meat. And she was asleep. She'd fallen asleep, this old, old lady. And there was this big red light over her head. And she just, it was like a perfect axe murdering scene, basically. <laughs> it was like the most weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I really wanted to take a photo. And because she was asleep, 
I took some photos and there were some other stands behind me who could see me taking like a bunch of photos of this lady who started like shouting at me and Thai, no idea what they said, but they didn't look like they were very pleased about me taking photos. So I literally like took a couple of photos. Some of them were a bit shaky because I was looking around at who was shouting at me. And then I just kind of ran off and pretended <laughs> I didn't do that. And they have come out so good. It's like the best photo in Thailand other than, you know, pretty beaches was this crazy woman. It's like the weirdest photo because she's like this old crazy woman with a gigantic machete on a table um, underneath like a little little hut with a piece of meat. Yeah, it's extremely... And all in red because she had this weird red light over her head. (laughs) I'd like to see that. (laughs) Show it to you later. (laughs) So I was was doing a bit of Googling um, and I was looking up iconic photos so what do you guys think would be like most iconic photo i have a list of stuff that's a good question oh what like the most iconic photo yeah, so we've ever like seen the, or... na- the napalm yeah. girl in vietnam mm. that's like an iconic photo they also had on there the falling man from 911 mm. yeah dorothy elaine from yeah. the farm workers there was the the black power salute from the 68 olympics yeah. so i don't know what do you what do you think would be the most powerful iconic photo oh gosh or is that too hard there's too many right there's so many so many big moments captured one of the most iconic photos and this probably quite topical is just the um, earth rise Mm. the first photo taken from the back of the moon Mm, looking back at earth rising above the moon Mm. would have been a great shot to take Only because that's the trip I'd love to do. I quite, <laughs> I quite like the um, the Victory Day kiss in Times mm. Square. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. Mm. That's quite cool. I think mm. it captures a lot. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I've seen so many photos that I think would be iconic. And so while I was doing that, one of the other headlines that came up was um, Raccoon gets stuck in Florida vending machine. <laughs> and was there a picture of this? <laughs> How did that happen? How did that get all in like <laughs> Tank Man and Tiananmen Square? And can you please post? Raccoon. Can you please post this photo on our social media page? Because even I'm intrigued. It was a video. It was a little video. Oh, it was a video of a raccoon getting stuck in a vending machine in okay. Florida. Okay, that's yeah. very interesting. And this came up amongst iconic photos. That's what I was searching for stuff. Yeah, I was like, okay, weird. <coughs> I even wrote it down because I thought it was hilarious. Mm. Okay, so is there something that you take with you wherever you go in case of a photo opportunity? Obviously your phone, probably. Mm. Is there yeah. anything else as photographers that you take more than us mere mortals would? I always used to have a camera in my bag. So you actually used to... I used to, yeah. yeah go about with a camera. Yeah. How about you, Jamie? I used to have a sort of rolly, and it's like mm. the size of a Nokia brick or something. And to shoot the film, you twist the lens and push it yeah, out. Yeah, I've used yeah. one of those. Yeah, great. So it's pretty compact. Um, but I, I broke that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a thing. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> you seem to be breaking, breaking a lot of things. It's a little untrustworthy around the film. It's just one of those things. If you worry too much about the cameras, maybe you don't take the right moments or you miss things. So I just got a bit gung-ho with it and shove them in your dungarees, run off, grab a shot. And And how are you guys with having photos of yourselves taken? (laughs) (laughs) There's a reason I'm behind the camera. (laughs) I like it when I 
meet photographers and they take photos there's like this strange um, interaction when someone you respect as a photographer takes a picture of you yeah, yeah. it's quite like meaningful in that way yeah um, a photographer friend of mine I'd, we'd been following each other on Instagram for a while this is the weird thing that happens to me every week and then I met him at Lovebox backstage and it was the first time we'd met in person but we didn't realise we knew each other until we exchanged Instagrams and realised we already followed each other mm-hmm. and um he instantly was like, I need to take a picture of you. And he went and took the shot. And it's like the best photo I think I have of yeah. me. It's cool. And that, that was within a minute of meeting him yeah. for the first time in person. So for me, that's quite special. Yeah. But yeah, I quite like it. But I do think there's something amazing about having a photo of you taken by, you know, a really good photographer. Mm. So I, uh, I have a friend called Bel Soto. He now takes photos of, like, you know, supermodels for Bazaar magazine and all kinds of things. But 15, 20 years ago, I used to be in the music industry and I worked in New York a lot and L.A. and stuff like that with loads of fashion designers and things. And he was an up-and-coming kind of photographer, just started working for Gucci for the first time, really excited. And we met and I had just set up my business, so I wanted some shots um, for for our company portfolio and website and stuff like that. But because we were representing musicians and artists and photographers, we wanted something quite arty, you know, not, not like a corporate site. It was very different. So he said, meet me in this derelict school and we're just going to take some photos. And I was like... Why am I in this like weird place? You know when you turn up and you think this is a dirty, disgusting place. Like this is not what I imagined when I, when I when I thought a professional photographer was going to take my photo. And um, and he told me to wear like the highest pair of high heels I could find. And I think we were out on a one of these you know night dodgy nights out in New York, and I was wearing like a pair of leather pants. And he said you need to wear those pants, and you know you need to do this. So I turned up as instructed with the pants and the shoes and the outfit and um and he just made me sort of I mean he just told me to sit on this desk it was like very derelict looking building half you know demolished and there was an old school desk he told me to just sit there and smoke a cigarette and you know and have a drink so I had a glass of wine and a cigarette and I just sat there for about 20 minutes and drank and smoked and uh, there were some other people that we jointly knew there as well, and I just had a conversation with them. And he took a whole bunch of shots. Um, and every time I looked at the camera, he'd be like, "You just need to pretend I'm not here. You know, just like concentrate on the person you're talking to." And he took, I think, about twenty odd shots, twenty or thirty odd shots. And I was surprised at how many of them came out so good. Some of them I have used. To this date, which is, I've seen these yeah, before. some of them I have, and um, and and obviously I'm much older, <laughs> <laughs> much uglier, and much fatter now. So some of them are a bit misleading because people look at them, they're like, "Oh, who's this twenty-year-old?" And then they turn up, and they're like, "Yes, you look like that person, but that person looks like that could be your daughter." <laughs> Um, but they came out amazing, and it was such an amazing experience. And you know, the outcome was like shockingly good. So I think you don't really appreciate it until you kind of participate in something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I can see that. I was obviously mm. with full respect after that. So 
whatever Belle did, we did after that. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, your exactly, exactly. Sit down and stare at the sky. Okay. <laughs> I think the last time I had, I don't know, it would, probably would have been my wedding. And that's not even, I mean, that's a wedding photographer, so. Yeah. That's probably the last time it was. But here. some wedding photographers then were amazing. Oh, yeah. I've seen some amazing wedding photography, especially the ones where people have taken the time to kind of go backstage, you know, when the bride's getting ready mm. and the groom's like, I don't know, doing his thing. And I've seen people take these shots that look amazingly intimate of like them and I don't know, like someone's yeah. dad, like putting someone's bow tie on or something. And yeah, it's this is so a, good. It's my favourite one is it's a real candid one, and it's just as I'm walking down the stairs, and I remember my mum called out to me, and I just happened to look up, and it was oh. yeah, it was really nice. And it's my favourite one out of out of all of them. Mm. Cool. It's nice. I never got photo taken by a photographer, so I can't comment. <laughs> well, we have two in the room. Do <laughs> <laughs> well, anyone need a model? <laughs> fashion photographer and he's never oh, come on she's not fashionable enough yes. Jamie come on you have to do something <laughs> you broke now. your camera on the way here <laughs> no, is this serious no, I was going to say because like, <laughs> we actually oh believed God. you from your um, those days are behind me <laughs> you have a bad record mm-hmm. <laughs> when it comes to breaking cameras but I was just curious about Peter's um, mannequin photography could you tell us why you did that um, shall I describe the yeah I think they're cool. It's a series I've done with mannequins, but it's mannequins with a retail environment shot from the street. And it, it's a, it was a concept that actually got its own life because I took some shots of some mannequins through the window and it, it made me think the way the mannequins were lit, the way I shot it, that actually you can interpret that as being a real person, but also, and this, this particular mannequin was behind a grill. So I think a you know, woman locked behind the grill and sort of the treatment and et cetera. And then... I took another shot of another mannequin and then that just became an obsession, if you like, and naturally became a project. And what I wanted to do and tried to do is to trick you, the viewer, what am I looking at? Yeah. Am I looking at a real person or not? And just to try and not even to fool you, but maybe to fool you briefly in terms of what am I looking at? Mm. Um, and because a lot of people look at them and, and it takes them for, for them to realise it's not a real person. Mm. So that's a, that's a series I shot, started when I was shooting film. Do you still do it? No, because sometimes I can't explore that any further. I still do, but actually how many more shots, how many shots is enough on that subject before you start repeating yourself? Yeah. Um, and I think that's possibly come to a natural end. That doesn't mean to say I don't look at a mannequin and think I could take that photo. So yeah, so it's all shot, it was shot on film, black and white. Because actually, I love black and white, and that's my true passion. And, um, even now, I shoot digitally and in colour. Um, that's my that's my base. That's my starting point is film and black and white, and that was the genesis of that of that little project. Yeah, I, quite, I always thought it was quite intriguing. Mm. And it's from all around the world too. So you know, go on holidays, and oh, so is it? yeah, so there's you know shots from Barcelona, from New York, and different places around Europe and London, and well-travelled Americans. Yeah. Mm. It's like me and my doors. It is, yeah. I'm obsessed with doors. Well, I did start a series of door lockers, so... God, I love doors. It's like wherever you go, there is so many unusual doors. And the more sort of old and weathered and weird and misshapen and, you know, out of proportion they are, the more I'm pleased about it. (laughs) So I have doors from everywhere. It's like a strange obsession that I have. I can't 
resist a photo of a door. I do that with textures. I've got a folder. I just always add. Even just it's just phone shots really. Yeah. But I just pick up textures everywhere or tiles mm. or things that are more architectural little elements mm. um, for like manipulating later. So I just go back and pick up on things and mm. work them into images and stuff. Yeah. So I fill you with the doors. Yeah. I've got so, and I've got another one which I haven't really published and it's it's like you know I can never pronounce it correctly, the voracious test or the yeah, ink block test. Oh yeah. yeah. With the butterflies. Yeah, so you yeah, yeah you do rush the shock test. Rushout. Rushout yeah. test. So the psychologist would say, Well what do you see in the yeah. ink blot? And that started with just looking and travelling and you'll see you run down the areas of town of the plaster coming away mm-hmm. of a building, leaving a mark and then shot in black and white with high contrast you'll get the black coming through where the plaster's missing and oh, cool. again you think okay, well what do I see mm. in that shape yeah mm. am I normal when I look at this one yeah <laughs> I just see axe murderers <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking I did that test and I'm pretty sure I came out as a psychopath so really yeah I believe that <laughs> <laughs> you I can see it in my slightly, eyes yeah. Yeah. Tell. <laughs> 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 right, you by the door. <laughs> yeah, we're dying first. <laughs> really? Yeah. It, it, it was just on Google, so I don't trust oh, it. Oh, it's one of those things. Yeah, yeah. I did one of those. Um, was it IQ tests on Google, and I came out genius? So I don't think they're true. Wow. Everyone knows you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's with the love? What's with the love? She's the daughter of a genius, remember? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Self-proclaimed. <laughs> My mother. Yeah. yeah. Self-proclaimed genius. Geniotic she is. <laughs> oh, there was another one here about um, there are 140 billion photographs on Facebook. On just Facebook? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's a lot of selfies, I think. Do you know what the most popular camera is on Flickr? No. It's an iPhone. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. I can imagine that. Come on, more photos are taken on phones now than they are they on are actual true. cameras. And Flickr is an app, so it's probably easy to upload straight from your phone. I don't know what Flickr is. That's an app. How <laughs> shocked yeah, everyone! So, everyone's <laughs> like, "How can you not really? know that?" <laughs> sorry. Well, I think Flickr's day has gone anyway, <laughs> so you're not missing anything. Yeah. yeah, it is sort of dying a little bit, isn't it? It's had, it's had its time. Yeah. Move on. Bye, Flickr. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. And by the way, you two are the first all-male guest well, team well, we have had. Yeah, We're normally all women and sometimes we've had a few men come and go, but you guys are like, you know. It? Yeah. Full yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> the bar really high. <laughs> so thank you all for joining us for another episode of Pipology. And did you know today's World Photo Day? World World Photography Day, yes. It is not. According to Twitter, it is. Very appropriate. You had to wait till the end of the bloody thing. Well, I just remembered and I wrote it down, so I forget. And then you forgot. And then you forgot. And then I don't know what you started, and you're like, I can't interrupt. It's all these beers, you see. (laughs) You're drunk. That's my train of thought.